Last night, I was dreaming. In my dream, I found myself back in my living room in an apartment building named Mayfair Mansion. That was 25 years ago. This was where I had lived while working on assignment in the Philippines. My roommate at the time, Ali, was there. We had shared this apartment, which the company had provided us, along with a driver named Felipe. Felipe also doubled as our security guard and all-around handler. I only knew Ali for about six months. He was much older than I, a mid-fifties structural engineer. Ali was an unhappily married man who missed his kids, but he was very content to be 6,000 miles away from his wife. I didn't really like Ali, even though he went out of his way to show me the ropes in the wild, wild east, as he called it. His only real passion, besides his kids, was his interest in Filipino women. This was known to everyone in the Manila office, and it was so bad that he was referred to as the Philaholic. In my dream, Ali was on the telephone. He was animated arguing fiercely with whoever was on the other end of the line. It made me uncomfortable to overhear the argument. From what I felt, he was trying to make reservations for some club, an exclusive beach club of some sort. Ali was angry because he could only book a table for four, but there were 30 in his party. Somehow I knew this, but the only words I heard Ali say in my dream was, why does it matter how much it costs in Maui? We are in Manila, right? Next, in my dream, I was still in the Philippines, but I was on a boat which was docked in a harbor. I was there with three Filipinas, all wearing skimpy bikinis. Ali was not there. One Filipino was about five foot two, with a rather stocky build, round face, beautiful caramel skin, and deep, seductive eyes. I would guess that she was about 24 years of age. Another was tall, very tall for a Filipina. She was at least five feet, eight inches tall. She had dark hair, but was older. Her features made it very difficult to ascertain an exact age, and the fact that she had a very thin body made her appear younger than she was. However, I knew she was older. The third was wearing an all-white bikini and was sort of an amalgamation of the first two. She was not short. She was not tall. She was not young. She was not old. She was not dark. She was not light. She was just very average. I, however, was dressed rather oddly. Instead of wearing a swimsuit, I was wearing seersucker pants, a white polo shirt, a large oversized Panama style hat, and dark opaque sunglasses. I also had a pair of circa 1990s trendy topsiders on my feet. There was also a pocket watch chained to my seersucker pants. This pocket watch was emitting a ticking noise so loud that I could hear the seconds ticking by. And it was hot. It was so very hot. Even though I had on an oversized straw Panama hat, I was broiling in the equatorial midday sun. 
Beside me, on the boat, down by my feet, was a case of Super 100 San Miguel beer. I wanted a beer, but somehow I knew it was not ours, and besides, it was air temperature. It was beyond warm. On the boat with us was another man, a man that I recognized, but somehow I didn't know in my dream. He, like the Filipinas, wasn't wearing sunglasses. When I asked him why he wasn't wearing sunglasses in this blindingly bright sunlight, he cocked his head quizzically to the side and responded in a condescending tone of voice, Why would I? We're going to the club later. Then, in my dream, my attention turned to a shack across the road from the docks. I knew they had beer there, in the shack. Cold beer. I intended to get off the boat to go and buy a case of beer for us. That is when Hunter S. Thompson suddenly appeared in my way. Mr. Thompson was standing on the dock, between me and the shack with the cold beer. He was wearing his own oversized Panama hat and what can only be described as a tourist tacky, incredibly loud Hawaiian patterned shirt. He stared directly at me, his eyes almost burning through the reflection of his mirrored sunglasses as he was sizing me up. In one hand, he was holding a half-empty bottle of wild turkey. In the other hand, he had a shot glass along with his trademark Tagard cigarette filter with a Dunhill slowly smoldering from the end. Without saying a word, he poured a shot of whiskey and handed it to me. Then, he continued staring me down for several minutes. I drank the shot of whiskey, and after that, Mr. Thompson finally spoke. I've been looking for you, he said, in a matter-of-fact tone of voice. I said, but you're dead. Hunter laughed and said, I am only dead if you can't imagine me alive. Fair enough, I replied. Mr. Thompson then proceeded to help me out of the boat, and then he put his hand on my shoulder and guided me down the docks to a 1975 light blue Cadillac Eldorado convertible with white leather seats. When we had sat down in the car, Hunter behind the wheel and me in the passenger seat, I asked him, what happened to the goldfish? Hunter then looked over his shoulder. There, in the back seat of the light blue Cadillac Eldorado, sat an empty fishbowl. He looked down, nodded his head in sadness, and said, the goldfish died. He made a slight but unmistakable sign of the cross on his chest, then lifted his head. He proceeded to pour and drink a shot of whiskey. Then, after handing both the empty shot glass and the half-full bottle of wild turkey to me, he smiled and said, Now we can go anywhere you want. We started careening down the narrow streets of Manila in this huge, light blue Cadillac Eldorado convertible, him driving and me holding on for dear life. I felt my heart racing. As he drove, he kept talking to me. About what? I don't remember. The wind blew across our faces, forcing us to use our free hands to hold the ridiculously oversized Panama hats on our heads. Through all the chaos, I heard Mr. Thompson say, We miss you. We need you to get back in the game, man. Then, 
as a jeepney full of passengers swerved into a proverbial fruit stand to avoid colliding with us in our monstrous blue Cadillac. The last thing Hunter S. Thompson said to me in my dream was, This isn't the life you're supposed to be leading. After that, I woke up. I then tossed and turned until I finally gave up trying to sleep anymore. I showered, shaved, and dressed for work. By the time I arrived at my desk, the dream had dissipated, almost becoming a forgotten shadow of what had kept me from sleeping the night before. Then, when I took my 10.30 morning break and did what I do nearly every morning, I checked the news. Bored with the sports scores and depressed by the news, I decided to pull up Craigslist and look at used cars. There, the first listing was for a 1975 light blue Cadillac Eldorado convertible with white leather seats. The price? $16,500. I sat there stunned for a few minutes, and then I did what any reasonable person would do.